Hi, I'm Maria Theoharis or Velosos on social media. Welcome back to Sober 50 Podcast on Soul Organized Style. Grab a cuppa and relax with us. On Soul Organized Style Podcast, I begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast and pay respects to the elders past and present. Thanks for joining us on Sober 50 Podcast on Soul Organized Style. Sober 50 intersects with all communities. We're a community that is so over ageism. Listeners, we've had some really great feedback from everyone, both on the Instagram account and also personally to Camilla. So she's back today on the podcast for Sober 50. And I'm really thrilled that Camilla is back. So hi, Camilla, how are you? Hi, Maria. Thank you. I'm fine. I'm so glad to be back. As I said, you know, in your introduction, we've had really good feedback about your two earlier podcasts. So thank you. How did you feel when you were getting feedback from people about your podcast? Flattered, very flattered. I didn't think I could be that interesting to listen to. When people, I don't even know, English speaking women from all over the world reached out to me and told me I did something good. I felt it was heartwarming and I was very, very flattered. And part of it is that they understood what I was saying because I'm Swedish, you know, and English is my second language. I weren't that confident about it. So it felt really, really nice. And I just want to let people know that while this is an English speaking podcast, I have many people who come on the podcast where English is their second language. And I know that people who listen appreciate all the effort that you go to and and yourself, Camilla, to work through what it is you want to say in English. It's always come across really well. I'm surprised how good it sounded, how good I sounded. And I'm very flattered and I really appreciate people reaching out to me and telling me so and all your work because you did a lot of work too. So thank you. My pleasure. And I think I've said it before, but I'm really pleased to bring the voice of SOAS, so people in the Sober 50 community, onto the podcast. Just wanted to let people know that I'm happy to do the work to get them on here. So today, can you start us off, Camilla, what's sewing been like in Sweden? Back in the days, really back in the days, people were sewing at home. There weren't enough money to buy clothes. And I think that's what happened all over the world. You weren't able to buy garments or or clothes. And then as time went by and when it started to get possible to buy clothes, people stopped sewing at home. And as for the 70s in Sweden, there were this feminist movement that thought of crafting, especially women crafting, like embroidery, crochet, knitting and sewing as a waste of women's time. In Swedish, they called it, they said, waste of women power doing this. We should be doing other things. And and it's kind of condescendent way talking about women's crafting. Yep. So they were being condescending. Yes. And in the end of the 70s, this movement was very big in Sweden. And slowly people stopped crafting. When I went through my education for for women's tailor, it was in the end of the 80s. And we still had people sewing and there were fabric stores in Sweden, a lot of them. But when the 19th came, everything sort of died. Half of the shop closed down and people stopped sewing. Not all of them because 
there are always people doing this out of passion and out of the love for the craft and people love to make their own clothes. But as a community, it died because we thought of it as a waste of time and the easy access to ready to wear garments and buying it were a lot easier. And I think part of it is also the labeling where labels got important. Like this is Michael Kors or this is, well, whatever brand you're wearing. The label got very important. And when you make your own garment, you don't label them. Uh, It's a part of being seen. I'm this person who wears, back in the day, there were Lacoste polo shirts. I remember that, yeah. The little gator on the the, the side. It was very important to, you know, I'm the Lacoste one or... um, I'm the YSL one or whatever. The brand turned important. And homemade clothes were embarrassing to wear. The whole crafting community suffered from this. In Sweden, we didn't buy home crafts whatsoever. And then as people stopped making garments or or stopped sew or knitting, the shops went out of business too. Yeah, they did. And I think this is a part of several things As I said, the feminist movement in Sweden, I think the part of the industrialization, is that a word or is it my word? (laughs) And the increased manufacture of clothes. Exactly. In Sweden, we had a very strong economy in Sweden in the 80s. And with this, they were important to show other people that you were something. And wearing homemade clothes weren't, as I told you, it weren't that, you know, look, I made this, and it's like, hmm, right. Yes, the brand that you wore was more important than the clothes that you made. Yes, exactly. This is a sad moment in Swedish history, and I have to say, too, these are my thoughts or my point of view of what happened. You've lived through this. Exactly, and I've been working in fabric stores. After the 90s. It's all right, take your time. I need some coffee. Uh, I need some coffee. I need coffee break. I'm drinking out of my wombat mug. Oh, yes, the wombat. Wasn't that so mm-hmm. good? This is an authentic Australian mug because I have an Australian friend. I got her through Facebook from one of my other hobbies and they bought this trailer and decided to travel. Australia selling crafts. Oh. He sells metal crafts and she does vinyl crafts and they're as these fair and, and markets and, and sell stuff. Wow. They were about to go on the first road trip. She asked me for my address and she said, I'll send you a postcard when we were traveling. I was thrilled, you know, you know, getting postcard from Australia. Yes. You know, and then there was a month passing. And one day I opened my mailbox and there was this package from Australia. And when I opened it, there were this mug and one with the koala on. Oh, nice. And she knows, because I told her at the beginning when we started talking that I love Wombat and I'm obsessed with them, actually. So she found this at market or, or in a store somewhere and she thought of me and she sent them to me. It must have cost a fortune because shipping isn't that <laughs> cheap, but I'm very happy about them. So I got the Wombat <laughs> and there are no Wombats in Sweden. <laughs> we don't get any Wombats. They won't like it here. The ground is solid frozen in the winter. They don't want to live here. We don't even got them in zoos here in Sweden. So it's kind of annoying being a Swedish person loving wombats. I have to go to Australia to see them. (laughs) 
as for koalas, they're just sitting in the trees eating leaves. I mean, how fun is that? But but wombats, they move around. They're kind of funny. To me, they're kind of, I don't know, because this is just my impressions of watching YouTube and people talking about them. And my friend sends me a lot of stuff about wombats. I find them kind of, you know, mischievous. Yes. I think I, I like them because they're still wild and they have a mind of their own. Oh, yes. So that's why I think I like them. I like things, animals, persons with a mind of their own, thinking their own way, doing things their own way. This is just my impression because I don't know. I never met the wombat. I don't know if I will. But to me, they're kind of mischievous and cute. I'm intrigued by Australian wildlife, not the poisonous stuff. Well, back to the story, maybe. Oh, okay. So after the 90s is where you're going to start from. After the 90s, I started to work in fabric stores in Sweden. And I worked a couple of them and they sort of disappeared. And there was struggle. People weren't buying much fabric, not even for curtains, because, you know, there were these panel curtains that came in that period. You didn't even have to hem them because they were already done. And they were like these thin strings of fabric, I have to say, but, but very boring. I don't like them. And everybody wore them. So they didn't buy fabric for curtains. They didn't buy fabric for clothes. And the shops went away. And the ones that were left struggled for years. Hmm. And then something happened. With the start of Facebook, and I have to say internet, the whole community, they were starting these groups. And there were... I think it's part of, of maternity leave in Sweden, because in Sweden we're allowed to be, stay at home for a full year, have a full year of maternity leave. And the women that stayed at home wanted something to do, and they wanted colourful clothes for their children. And at the time, there weren't any. And they also wanted this retro, 70s retro kind of fabrics, who were colourful, they were a lot of patterned, and there weren't any ready to wear clothes. There weren't any manufactured clothes to buy. So this started to sell. And with Facebook, there were groups where you could ask each other for knowledge. You could look it up on YouTube. So people start learning to sew again. And it's been completely dead. I have to say it's almost dead. Not completely, but almost dead because some people still sewing, but we weren't that many. And with this starting to sew children's wear and in knits, because this is where most people these days start in Sweden. We sew a lot of knitwear. It started to grow again. The community started to grow again. And today there is a big community here in Sweden sewing. And with this, there were pattern makers, mostly women starting small business, printing fabric, knits, of course, because there's a community in Sweden. This com Swedish community is mostly about knits. We're sewing a lot of knitwear. With Facebook and the groups in Facebook, it became bigger and bigger. And then it grew out of Facebook as Facebook kind of went to something that's for old people, my age. <laughs> it starts on TikTok and it's Instagram and from knitwear and starting sewing knitwear, they kind of went beyond and started woolen fabric. And I think the community is growing again and is getting bigger. I think it's going to get bigger, actually. I think it will continue to grow. On your Instagram account, you've been putting photos up of fabric that you see when you go shopping. Mm -hmm. Are they local stores that you can now visit? Yes. 
Some of them are, both in Stockholm and Gothenburg, who are the biggest cities in Sweden. There have been fabric stores all the time, but there are more these days. And in small towns, there are fabric stores that thrive today, but there's also online. And I think online shops are very big in Sweden. I think people buy most of their fabric online today. And I think this is a good thing because you can have a really small business, have a regular job and then have a small online business and selling fabric and have it like a hobby or just a side work. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing. And people are interested in finding new fabrics. So most of these small ones who make fabric today, they make a print and then they often sell it ahead in pre-order. And they make this print and you buy it and then it's gone. So it's just there a short time. And then there are people who make fabric and sell them and they do it for a short period of time. And then they move on to something else. So that fabric just exists there and then. And I think this is... It's a good thing because then there's always new fabric coming around mm. and new people make fabric or print fabric because Sweden is about the prints, I guess. The fab- they don't make the actual fabric, they design the prints. So I think this is something good because it makes people continuing sewing. And when starting sewing knit, because I have to say that knitwear is easier to execute. It's easier to make knitwear because there's not as much fitting issues with knitwear as it is with the woven fabric. It's more forgiving sewing knits. Yes, it is, isn't it? Yet again, this is my impression. And I've been hanging around in Facebook groups and and on Instagram for a long time now. And I think in Sweden, as we make a lot of knits, it's easy. And we do get machines to sew in knits. Not Scandinavia or Germany, because we are about the same community. But... If I talk to Americans or English people, knitwear is hard. <laughs> this is kind of funny too, because there is not as much words for knitwear in English as it is in Swedish. Because all the different knits, they have names. In English, they don't. Though our names is English, so this is kind of frustrating and confusing. But I think this is something that's happening here in Scandinavia. Mm-hmm. And now it's growing outside. And the rest of the world starts to get interested in sewing and knits. And this is my impression. If I look back five to 10 years, people abroad mostly sew in wovens, but in Sweden, we mostly sew in knits. Is there a fabric that you enjoy using the most? I use a lot of cotton lycra or cotton elastane. It's reacting the same way. It's just the elastic in it. It's got different names. So elastane or lycra, mostly about five to eight percent of uh, lycra in sweden it's called jersey which is kind of interesting because jersey task is an english word it is and we like to use it i've seen in international groups and i did myself in the beginning i called it jersey because this to me is an english word and people just what and they had no idea what i was talking about because to them it's knitwear or it's knit and it's a cotton lycra knit it doesn't get a name, but in Swedish, it's jersing. Okay. And this is the one where there is a right and a wrong side. Because then there is this knit where both sides are right. And in Sweden, this one is called interlock. And that's an English word too. It is. But in English, it isn't. 
because you don't call it interlock. It's not named interlock in English, but in Sweden it is. So it's kind of confusing. I don't know where the name came from, but it's kind of funny because in Swedish we have a lot of words that's English, but they're not English words because it's like a Walkman back in the day when you used Walkman. In Sweden it's freestyle. I don't know why. So a Walkman in Swedish is freestyle. Both of them are English words, but it's the same thing. But if you're a Swedish person and being abroad talking about freestyle, they don't know what you're talking about because that's something different. And this is about Nitwa too, because we got names for them, English names for them. That's not accurate in English. It's not the same. It's accurate, but it's not the same. Exactly. They're names because yeah. they don't mean the same thing in Swedish as they do in English. As for going back to what I like, I like cotton lycra knit. You pick some really fun prints too. I think that's the best of it. It's the prints that you can get a lot of colorful prints in these fabrics. As for woven fabric, there isn't as much prints in Sweden. It's getting bigger. And those who started making prints in cotton lycra or in Swedish jersey, nowadays we do prints in woven fabrics too. So it's growing. And it all started with internet or Facebook groups and knitwear. And now we're sewing again. And that's something to celebrate. I think so. I agree. I think everything that makes people find this interesting and, and making this a hobby or a profession again, I think it, it's great. Obviously, this is my passion. There are, there are other hobbies you can have, but this is my passion. And I want to share the experience of feeling you feel when you make something of your own, when you wear something you made yourself. That's one of the best feelings ever. I think to me, this has been my motivation is wearing things I made myself and knowing I made this all by myself. This is mine. And I'm the only one having these clothes, this one. This is all mine. This is mine. <laughs> <laughs> my precious. <laughs> Camilla, thank you so much for telling us what the sewing community has come through over the years and what your experience is and yes i think when people see what you wear it's all you're doing and it's all your joy so thank you thank you for having me this episode for sew for 50 podcast on soul organized style was produced by me maria thea harris with permission of camilla sound by bensound.com listeners if you want to provide a guest post for server 50 make sure you direct message Judith and Sandy at the Sew Over 50 account on Instagram. Also, keep an eye out for the next Sew 50 Live event that Bird and Molly are hosting. Remember, these Sew Over 50 Live events will always be available on the Sew Over 50 account. You can subscribe to Sew Organized Style Podcast, but with an S not a Z on all good podcast apps. Make sure you go back and listen to our free Sew Over 50 Podcast archive and if you can, consider supporting the production of this podcast on Patreon so I can keep producing it for you. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone. <laughs>